Hello there, people, or fellow hunters, outdoorsmen, or whatever, whatever you are. <laughs> Welcome to another episode to the Struggling Hunters. You have uh, me, Joe, and on the other side, you got Eric. And I've already introduced us as the Struggling Hunters, but we'll just go ahead and do our traditional, and together we are the Struggling, struggling Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> i guess we should probably come up with the countdown to i think we talk about it every time but we can never quite get us to time together on that one maybe we do it on purpose maybe we don't but you will never know <laughs> it's all uh, part of the plan it's all part of our plan <laughs> but anyway thanks again for tuning in for uh, listening to us we appreciate it um just real quick make sure to like subscribe share leave a comment uh we appreciate it and uh hopefully as we go through this episode that we can uh keep your interest peaked and uh just our previous episode just to throw that out there i don't think we've ever done a uh, just kind of lightning just struck my mind <laughs> if uh, our previous episode we talked about uh i guess i make uh make knives uh, broken antler knives is what they're what what i call them so we went in and talked a little bit about my process and that and uh kind of how that looks uh anyways that's what uh what our previous episode was go have a listen if you haven't listened you can find it on a on a podcast platform or go on to YouTube and watch us talk at each other, whatever you find, whichever way you find value in listening or watching, hopefully we can add to it. <laughs> but well, uh, let, let, let me jump in real quick. I just wanted to say that that last episode, I had a lot of fun going over that whole thing. It was probably one of my more favorite podcasts that we've done going over the knives and, and how, how you, what your process is. And I learned, I learned a lot about, um, well, how to make knives in general, but also the way you do it, I thought was unique and, and interesting. And I just had a lot of fun doing that podcast. It was good. It was a good, uh, good podcast. I thought. Yeah, it definitely stretched me a little bit trying to understand on how to put, put it into words i guess you know like i've i've talked to people about it but i've never really like sat down and tried to <laughs> explain it in a in a in a storyboard form or a story form or you know conversing with with someone this way about it so yeah hopefully it wasn't too bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but anyways, thanks, Eric. Yeah, I, I did it. I did. I will say I did enjoy talking to you about it too. It yeah. was it was fun talking, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy listening to it. <laughs> uh, with that being said, I guess we have a couple of topics we want to get into today. Uh, we're going to talk about a uh, little bit of boxing, uh, some hunting hunting incidents, and. I'm missing one, aren't I? Ammunition shortage. And ammunition shortage. Yeah. I don't think we really have a particular order on how we were going to go about it. But uh, so, but with that, I guess, I don't know if what, what, so what's the first thing you have popping into your mind right now, Eric? On Yeah. Uh, we'll just get to the current event of, of the, or the boxing, I guess, rather. And uh, just kind of get that out of the way, then kind of, get to the more outdoors or our style kind of stuff. Um, and I'll just kick it off with uh, the Floyd Mayweather money Mayweather uh, versus Logan Paul, the YouTuber um, that's going to be happening February 20th. Uh, I, I just think it's kind of fun. I I've always been a boxing fan and, and uh, liked boxing, but obviously these, these, you know, the big matches that come out, um, 
you know, they get a little more exciting and, and definitely peak my peak, my interest. Uh, you know, whenever I see some boxing on TV, I'll try to watch it for a little bit, you know, until the wife tells me to switch the channel or something. But, um, I gotta admit, you know, these, these, uh, these big fights like that are, you know, they, they pique my interest even more and, and I'm definitely going to watch this one. Uh, I don't know what kind of fight it'll be. You know, I mean, uh, Logan Paul, I know he's trained to be, you know, training as a boxer for the last three or so years. Right. Uh, I, I think he's actually done a couple of fights, right? Like I think he, there was, I was reading saying that he did a fight in, uh, Japan or something. Uh, back. that was that was floyd that did did a japan fight uh Uh, logan logan fought here in america a couple or a year ago or back in 2019 at some point uh and uh and then he fought like a year earlier uh he fought the same guy the first fight was a was a draw and then the second fight he lost to ksi this this youtuber guy named ksi and um um anyways it it was a pretty big spectacle and everything and 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 that's what's crazy is this logan paul so what makes the fight is logan paul is is uh like two like walks around around 200 210 pounds and then floyd mayweather is i think he walks around about 150 pounds so I mean I guess that's what where they're trying to make the fight. It, it sounds really crazy to me because Floyd Mayweather is is a fifty and zero boxer, right? And 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 Logan Paul's had two professional fights and he's not won one of them. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of you know whenever you look at it in that lens, it's kind of crazy. But everybody has a puncher's chance, and Logan Paul is quite a bit bigger than Floyd. Um. But I just don't see – I don't think that Logan will be able to keep up with Floyd. I think Floyd – even though Floyd's an older man, I mean, he's – I think he's in his early 40s now. And um, he's an older man, but he's just going to probably dance around the around the ring and kind of wear Logan out and, until he can get in there and get some punches in on him. Um, Logan, you know, but, but everybody has a puncher's chance, and Logan being – you know, somewhere in the 200 pound range, you know, I mean, he could, he could put it, put some pretty big blows on him, but, but it's, it's, just, it's kind of a spectacle. I, I think it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to buy it and uh, watch it, you know, just, I mean, it got me sucked in. And that, that was kind of my point is as much as I try to be a traditional boxing fan, like these kind of fights, uh, definitely pique my interest more and make me want to watch even, even more. You know, I'd so, like to say that I don't ever miss a boxing match on TV, but, but I do, you know, I don't really pay attention that close. I wish I did, but um, yeah. So. Yeah. It is kind of interesting. Like how you said on your, on the different points there, you have Logan who's, you know, no, no really professional career of boxing, just more of a, hobbyist I guess he can take it and willing to step in the ring um you know if you put that on a personal level <laughs> stepping in a ring with a professional fighter that's that, that it's a little daunting for me you know like even if I had time to get in shape and prepare myself like I don't know there's you know I, I've be almost honored to be able to, I guess, step in the ring of a professional fighter, but, you know, just, you know, you see said, you know, everyone has a puncher's chance. Yeah. You know, Logan can throw out a punch and hit just right and knock Mayweather out. That's always not uh, an option or a possibility. And, but yeah, just, you know, so for me, a couple of the odds of boxing is like their feet work, you know, like knowing, how to place, put your feet and then aligning the rest of your body to deliver a punch that's going to have a lot behind it. You know, like all the mechanics that goes into that, like, yeah, you're doing your little dance there, but you're also getting your feet into position to 
more or less load your body into a spring to be able to throw I don't know. I can't remember if it said how many ounce glove they're going to be using. I don't know but, if those details have, have came out yet as far, far as uh, gloves and. That. But, you know, just throwing that around, you know, like it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, it, it will be kind of interesting to, to see and taking, get taking punches and receiving punches and seeing how that goes over. I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to go over very well for Logan. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, all that experience. And, and I mean, you know, th- there's definitely an appeal there. I mean, I mean, you do have a, a guy that's so much bigger than, than, than Floyd. And I mean, I, I definitely see the appeal. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm sucked in. So, I mean, it, you know, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm still going to watch it regardless, but but it's just kind of a crazy, we're kind of in a crazy time. I mean, and, and you kind of said something, you know, about like you jumping in there. Um, I mean, let's face it. A lot of the reason that this is even happening is because Logan Paul has like 22 million, 23 million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, this is more, more of a money grab, you know, than, than an actual legit fight in my opinion. But, um, and, yeah, I guess know, at the end of the day, you're not trying to, they're not really trying to, well, they are trying to pay the bills, but it's not a, <laughs> I guess I'll throw it out there. It's not a true hunger fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, someone coming up saying, I'm, I'm trying to make my name. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be here because I'm putting bread on the table. You know, yeah. <laughs> they, it they, is more of, like you said, a money, a money grab or. Yeah or however you want to word it, you know, it's not, you know, if, if it was me going up, like, you know, if, against Mayweather, it's, it's going to be, Hey, this is my shot. <laughs> I want as much money as I can get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll step in that ring. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, I think Logan probably feels like he has a chance. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that he doubts himself, but, uh, you know, he, Logan's like 25. I mean, I remember whenever I was 25, I thought I could conquer the world and, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think so, that, uh, I guess I, I kind of what going off what you're saying there. So you have all the testosterone filled of a 20, 25 year old. And I believe, uh, Mary Mayweather is 43 and has years of experience of boxing. So I guess there is kind of a trade-off of I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof to I got professional training in boxing and, you know, I, I, I can slip them. I, you know, put, put the punches in where they need to be. And you have uh, Logan that's going to be, I'll, I'll take a punch. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can take it. I'm, I, I outweigh him by 50 pounds. You know, I got something here. Yeah. <laughs> outweigh and in taller. So, <laughs> I, I just think that he's going to, he's, it's going to be kind of a bit of a humbling experience, but, but I will say in Logan's defense, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's been training, you know, pretty hard and he's taking it very serious. I, it's, it's just a crazy fight. And I think that he has a chance. I, I mean, you know, every like I said, he has a puncher's chance, but, but I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of think that, uh, it's going to be a wake up call for him because, Kind of, kind of what you were alluding to is, is uh, Floyd, you know, I mean, he is older and stuff, but I mean, this guy's been doing it since he was a baby, practically, you know, since he could walk, he's been punches, you know, his dad was a professional boxer for a time and, and uh, boxing's just been a part of his life. And he's 50, you know, with, with other people that were, you know, you got to think, I mean, they might've been around his weight class, but all the guys that he ever fought and that wanted to knock his head off and that, that also trained one, but from the time they were real young to whenever they had their chance to fight Floyd and Floyd beat 50 guys. And, you know, throughout his career, professional career, I mean, at the end of the day, um, 
Yeah, I just don't see. I mean, just because a guy says he's retired doesn't mean that he can't can't throw a few punches for for a few rounds on a particular. Well, especially night. at forty three, like, you know, how many people at forty three are still pretty agile? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing though about Floyd too is is they, uh, from what what the word on the street is is he he stays in shape. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't ever get out of shape. You know, a lot of boxers will do their fight and get out of shape and, and, uh, Floyd, he, he, st- he actually stays in shape. So that'll be interesting. Cause I mean, he just, he's still with it. You know, he's still a pretty active guy. So, right. So in, in wrapping it up in, Okay. Sorry. I mean, I know I'm, I don't know. Hopefully I'm not cutting you short, but I just was just had a, had a thought that of closing this up, tying up all the loose ends, putting everything together that we've just talked about coming to a conclusion with what we've said, are we saying that it's going to be a KO one or the other, or is it going to go the segmented amount of rounds that, that they're given? Um, I could see it going the distance. Uh, I think that I, my prediction, this is kind of my prediction. I think Floyd's going to put the hurting on, on, uh, Logan, but I think Logan's a tough kid and, uh, him being 50 pounds over, over, uh, Floyd. Uh, I think he'll be able to take Floyd's punches. And so however many rounds that they, 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 uh, decide to go um i think that they'll probably be able to stay in there the whole time also i think that floyd will kind of put on a show so um i don't think that that floyd's gonna go in there for the kill right away i think he's gonna kind of dance around and he might even take a few licks uh so whenever floyd fought mcgregor uh it was said that you know a lot of people a lot of people um and you never know what's actually true or not, but a lot of people were like, Oh, McGregor, you know, he got a few, a few rounds on Floyd and he really put on a show. And, um, and it was said by Floyd Mayweather. He's like, come on. I, I put on a show for the people. He's like, he's like, I didn't, you know, I could have took McGregor out a lot earlier than I, than I chose to, but I put on a show for the people whether that's true or not, I mean, you know, we, uh, I don't know if you watched that fight, but, um, I did. You did or you did it? No, no. Um, I mean, McGregor looked better than I think a lot of people expected. He was, he was unorthodox in there and stuff. And, and, uh, McGregor fans are probably, you know, would disagree with what Floyd said for sure. And, and uh, let me correct, like, I, I was kind of I'm a fan of both to an extent. I think they're both kind of great in their own right. So for me, I was like, I don't care who wins, you know, it'll be great no matter what. So I just kind of, you know, it was cool seeing Floyd won, but if McGregor would have won, I would have been just as stoked or whatever for, for McGregor to win. But, but um, I'm just saying like, uh, you know, Floyd's a smart, he's, he's pound for pound, one of the best defensive fighters to ever do it. And um and I, I mean, you know, I think if he wants to put on a show, he'll put on the show for, you know, but he, he's going to get his licks in. And I, I don't know if uh, Logan will be able to keep up with Floyd, even though that Logan's a lot younger, but I do think Logan's a tough kid. And I, and I think that he's taken boxing serious too. So I'm not trying to take away from Logan at all. I'm just kind of looking at it as like a guy that's had one draw and one loss versus a guy that's had 50 wins um i feel like it's kind of uh floyd money mayweather floyd mayweather's uh fight for sure at the so end of the you're day gonna say floyd floyd wins and you're gonna say it's gonna be it's gonna go the distance so it's gonna they call that a draw when they uh how do they do that when they say when they count the punches no um so it probably it floyd would win is that what you mean? Like if yeah. they go if they go all rounds? Yeah. Yeah, I think Floyd will win. He'll he'll land more punches than Logan will. 
And then I'm going to say I'm going to call Floyd winning by, by knockout. He's going to play with them for a few rounds and then just lay into them. Get it, get, get it, get him, get at him. Yeah. He's, okay. I'm done. <laughs> well, so I guess that, that there is kind of a technical there too, because um, so it, it, they're going to classify it as an exp, exhibit expedition match. And so it's not like a real pro match. And uh, if they, they might put rules on there where they don't want anybody to get knocked out, which I don't know how you can really control that, but I guess you just try not to go for the kill necessarily. Right. Um, so if that is the case with the, the athletic commission, if they, if they do that, um, I, I don't know how they would though. Cause I feel like that's the only chance that Logan has is if he can clock him just right and knock him out. Cause he's not going to go all the rounds with him. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know. It's, I guess that's, that's kind of more technical hoopla, but I could see where Floyd could knock Logan out in the later rounds after Logan's tired and just is standing there being a punching bag. Cause he, you know, he's too tired to move, but um, so I could see that, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of more in Floyd's, um, will you know in 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 his court i think he'll just decide what he wants to do either way though it's exciting i watched that mike tyson um <laughs> i just blanked out on his name um oh i'm so embarrassed anyways i watched the mike tyson fight and uh and and which was really fun the, the fight of the night was obviously uh logan's little brother jake whenever he knocked out nate robinson um that was a pretty good fight but uh yeah um the the mike tyson fight was was interesting and and uh i don't know they're really i i can't remember what my point was to bring that fight up but but um these these fights are kind of making boxing fun again the only problem is though is if the fights aren't good if they start kind of being pretty lame, I don't see where the interest will stay in boxing, but um, I think it kind of brings it to boxing and it's kind of unfair. I mean, some of these guys that have put their heart and soul into boxing, you know, like because they don't have 20 million followers, they don't get the same opportunities as a YouTuber that's had two fights and never won, never actually won a fight, uh, you know, gets the same opportunities as them. But, Hey, we live in a crazy world, so you know it is what it is. True, <laughs> true. But it's it's just fun. Uh, it's just fun. What like, you know, boxing kind of being something again, because um, it's kind of been stale for so long with the UFC and all the excitement around UFC. Boxing's kind of kind of taking a back seat, so it's kind of nice to see it coming forward again, being talked about more. I think that was my point bringing up the Mike Tyson fight. Gotcha. Yeah, so I guess we can just move on to the the next little topic that we had. We wanna, do you want to go into uh, – should we go into the guy getting shot? <laughs> yeah, well, you're already, you're, you're already kind of getting into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh you want me to talk about it or yeah sure we will we'll start there we can go from there yeah so um so this guy in menace I, I don't really want to like throw out names i mean you can look it up or whatever i just don't know if it's really my place to throw out names actual names but this guy in minnesota there was two hunters out hunting in minnesota and um this young guy he was he had a family and, you know, he's 28. Um, he was out, you know, hunting for deer and uh, another guy uh, shot him and mistaked him for a deer. He was also hunting and, and uh, thought he's, you know, saw deer. I guess the, the sun was coming down 
and it was starting to get a little dark and uh, he saw some movement and just shot and killed this guy. And obviously we're the struggling hunters. You know, we talk about hunting stuff, but the reason I wanted to bring this up is because it just, it just, it, it bugs me. Like I, it bugs me for two reasons. For one, like you're that you're, you're shooting at something that you can't even see. You don't know if it's an actual deer or not. You're just guessing that it's a deer. I mean, why, why do these people do this? Like, why are you not seeing your shot? True. Well, like, so as you're introducing the topic there, the, or the, what we're going to talk about, you know, you're saying that the article is saying that it, supposedly it was getting late in the day sun was going down it was getting dark you couldn't tell what it is and as i was listening listening to you tell it i kind of go okay so what's going on so he has low light he must have let's just give him the benefit of a doubt he has an either or tag so we meaning he has a buck or doe tag and one guy's was archery hunting so he was shot with a, a rifle right or a muzzle mm-hmm. loader it was a rifle it was a rifle so to the best of my knowledge i guess so he has i guess the ability to be able to see a little further than you can with the naked eye kind of low light situations or lower light situations so I guess he's getting desperate wanting to fill a tag and seems like he has an opportunity. He must be, you know, so a human more or less is, isn't the same size of, of an elk or a moose. So we're going to be a little bit smaller. So, you know, like as far as size go, if you just, you know, if a guy's crouched down trying to hike, uh, move through the woods he you know like as far as size go he could be confused as a deer but like you said like you know (laughs) and i'm trying to find you know how how do you go trying to go through the scenario in my head to justify the shot like Mm -hmm. so i tell my i'm telling myself i don't care if it's a buck or doe all I know is I can evidently shoot either or because I'm not trying to make sure I'm shooting a buck or I'm trying to make sure I'm not I'm shooting a doe, you know. So I'm trying to confirm those before I even pull the trigger. So if I'm pulling the trigger, I guess what I'm getting at is if you're confirming if it's a buck or a doe, you should be able to see what it is you're shooting at. And that should allow you to be able to tell if it's a human or not. I, I, I mean, most people shoot toward the organs behind the shoulder. How in the world? I mean, how do you make that shot? And, and I mean, I feel like you're like, oh, there's some movement there. Let's shoot and figure out what it is later. I mean, to me, that's what it sounds like. Cause I don't, we, we hear about this happen almost every year, like somewhere in the U S not that, not that long ago here in Colorado, uh, it might might have been a little longer than this, but I want to say somewhere around five years ago, same thing happened to a little kid. This one, a little bit different, but it's same scenario really. Um, the the uh, the kid and his dad. For, uh, I don't remember all the particulars, but what I do remember is the kid and the dad were bow hunting, and the guy that shot the kid was uh was had a muzzle loader and same thing saw some or heard some movement behind some brush or something and just shot now he and and this guy this guy in minnesota i guess you could say it's the same thing he didn't have on hunter orange or that's what they're claiming but to me that that just like drives me nuts is i was always into wait until you have a clear shot, you know, wait until you get a good aim behind the shoulders. And and I mean, you're telling me, I I just feel like these, there's people out there that are just so gung ho to shoot a deer that they're, they're just, 
they're just shooting at movement. They're not even, they're not making a good shot placement. They're just shooting at movement. Right. And, um, I mean, I guess that's why Hunter Orange is a good thing, but um, just pick your shots. You know, it it really bugs me because that story that I just said about Col- the Colorado deal uh, when when that kid died. I mean, I'm taking my son out and I'm trying to show him all the responsible ways of being a hunter. And, you know, that kind of hits close to home to me where I, I get really ticked off about it because – you know, I mean, I can't imagine what that father felt whenever, you know, his, he lost his son due to an, a, an immature hunter, another hunter that, that took an immature shot. And it just, it, it really kind of like, the more I talk about it, even on this podcast, I'm starting to get a little riled up over it. But I just, I mean, just to people out there, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, just. I don't know. I feel like we should probably do more public service announcements on it. Like, I mean, like whenever we do our podcast, like have a little thing in there saying, you know, make, make clear, precise shots, you know, or something, because it just makes me mad that people are that gung ho to get an animal. I get the excitement, but know what you're shooting. It's just crazy to me. Right. Well, like it's one of those things too. If you go, okay, let's turn this over. and look at it from a different pull take hunting completely out of it just but i'm getting that when in life have you tried to rush a situation and it's turned out good for you or you know have, maybe i, I mean I'm, I'm sound like a kind of a downer but like it seems like in my life if i've tried to rush something through and not take the time to do the proper tick marks to make sure i'm doing it correctly to make sure i didn't overlook something if I just, you know, tear something apart that I'm working on and try to put it back together and not go slow to make sure it's all correctly, it seems like I always miss a part or mm-hmm. I'll do, I'll break something and now I'm doing it 10 times as longer. So what I'm getting at is, you know, and take your time to, to make sure things are done correctly, not only in the hunting world, but out of the hunting world too, but yeah like you know here's this thing that you know here's a you want to hunt with your son for until you're out there with a walker or cruising around in a jazzy (laughs) and uh you know so you want it to be a lifelong endeavor and you want it to be a positive thing um you, you know and it's almost you can see why people almost go insane in creating laws or whatnot to try to keep this stuff from happening when it makes, and it just makes it more difficult for the hunter to be out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. With with people would just practice common sense and patience. A lot of this could, could be resolved. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I hate Hunter orange. I hate wearing (laughs) that stuff. I do. I mean, you know, just I, to me, it feels like it kind of clashes with everything. But um, when when situations like this occur, well, so when we're hunting, when I was hunting with you out there in Colorado, you know, how many times did we look across and see hunter hunter orange? Like, like yeah, it does clash, and I, and you're kind of glad it clashes for a, for a minute because then it, it you're like, oh, that's a hunter. You know, a couple of those times, like looking across the the canyon, it was way too far for a shot anyways, but it was nice to go like, oh, I can see orange. I don't have to um, spend the next 15, 20 minutes trying to decide what that movement is. And so I get, so for me, when I saw that, I started glassing around that, that hunter to see if he was pushing anything around that he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess for that fact, I, I do like Hunter Orange. I like it whenever everybody else wears Hunter Orange, but I just hate wearing it. No, but I mean, look, if if Colorado, you know, Idaho for the longest time uh, didn't really have a rule on it, or at least I never wore it. Um, one of the two, I, I don't, I'm not sure. 
which is which, but, um, I never really wore a hunter orange in Idaho, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if it wasn't a, if it wasn't a state law, I probably wouldn't wear it, but, um, I just, I don't know. It just really gets me, man, that people make these quick decisions like that. And, and I get it out of desperation. I mean, man, you know, that elk that we saw during our hunt, I mean, I, I pulled up my rifle. I knew I couldn't shoot it, but I pulled up my rifle because I was hoping it would grow horns in 30 seconds and <laughs> it never did. But I mean, I get, you know, what I'm trying to say is I do get like having that, that desperation to want to get something, but you hear movement and you just pull, I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy to me that you wouldn't see what you're shooting and, and how can, how can you, you know, like, I just don't know how you can identify a rib cage. Right. How, how, yeah. How was the angle in a way that, that allowed you to like, be like, Oh, it's feet or, or it's front shoulder is uh four feet up in the air. Yeah. And it's going this, it's going vertically, not horizontal. Yeah. Oh, that deer looks like he's trying to climb trees. That's weird. Right. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, it, it, it kind of, it really bothers me because I just, you know, like I, I just, it just really makes me mad because these people, these people just don't belong out there hunting. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. I don't think they belong out there hunting. If you can't be patient enough to identify your shot, I mean, you just, you don't need to be out there hunting, you know, you're, you're trigger happy and, and you're a danger to everybody, including yourself. And, you know, um, I mean, I will say, you know, it probably sucks for that guy too. I mean, I'm sure he didn't mean to, for sure. You know, even went in to say that he was very uh, cooperative and called 911 as soon as he realized his mistake and worked with the, the, the sheriff or whatever department was investigating it it wasn't like he tried to hide the fact which is awesome you know Mm -hmm. that he was that he did that yeah yeah i mean he you know he'll he was willing to stand up for what he did wrong and uh i mean that you know that and that's good and and i feel i do feel bad for him too because i know i know he probably didn't mean it but but he obviously out of desperation. I mean, it's hard to say, I mean, being an armchair quarterback, but out of desperation, out of negligence, out of, you know, maybe not being well-trained and, but I feel like um, that was always something that I took away from hunter safety that I remember to this day is they always said, you know, we watched a, I remember watching a video and, and them preaching over and over again that, that, uh, you know, wait until your animal steps out from behind the brush so you can clearly see um, the video. Actually, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I kind of remember the video. I remember um, they're showing like this guy that was hunting and then this, this, what looked to be like, or would look just like a buck was walking along and then, uh, you know, I think as a young man, you're like, oh man, you know, hopefully he gets that buck or whatever. And then they kind of like flipped the scene and, and they showed a guy carrying a buck over his shoulders. Right. And, um, and that's why they said like, wait until that, you know, you could see it clearly from behind the brush. You can see what it is clearly or else, you know, you could accidentally shoot somebody like that. And, I never seen the only thing that made me kind of laugh at that video. Like, I mean, this was, this was so long ago, you know, I was 12 years old or whatever, but I do remember that the thing that made me laugh about that video though, was I'm like, funny thing is, though, is I've never seen anybody carry a deer out that way. So I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but I, but I remember they, they ingrained that in my head in hunter safety. I, I still remember that from 12 years old. So um 
you can't tell me that you've never been taught that to wait. You know, you just, I mean, maybe you didn't pay attention in that time of the class, but I mean, I feel like uh, if you've taken hunter safety, you, they've told you wait until you have a clear shot, wait until you can identify your target. Right. And that's kind of goes back to as well. It's, it's hard to do, but understanding, understanding your jitters, you know, like, learning the, that patience and the importance of it. Like, you know, I, I, I'm sure, you know, yeah, like it's almost, you know, it's like, I kind of, what uh, I guess I'm comparing it to like <laughs> playing video games or watching a movie. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do it justice, but you know, like you're always like, Oh, I got to watch, you know, what's going to happen next. I got to watch, you know, and, you know, like, oh no, don't don't turn it off just yet. I, I'm another ten minutes. I'm going to be done. You know, it kind of like that. But in, out in the field, you know, when something happens that quickly, I can see. You know, like you you said it. You just throw up and throw up your your rifle, and you're just ready to go. You know, and that's you don't want to lose. You know that that pull of that trigger is fractions of a second, and you know, and then your, your nervous system operates pretty quickly too, you know, and you don't want to miss that opportunity. So you throw up and everything, I'm sure it happens just so quickly. You just, oh, that's it, you know, and you pull the trigger and within a thousand, you know, a tenth of a second, a decision is made that you can't take back. Yeah, yeah, you can't take that back no matter how much you want to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's why it's important. You know, uh, so I actually, I was listening to the mediator podcast and, and they talked about that, that, that case. And um, so I looked it up, I looked it up and was wanting to talk about it. Cause I, I just thought it was important to spread around. I mean, I feel like most people that probably listen to mediator probably, or anybody that listens to us probably also listen to mediator. So <laughs> I, you might be hearing it twice, but, um, but what I'm saying, what I'm kind of getting at though is, is I thought it was important to bring up just to kind of reiterate that whole deal, because I, I just thought it was important whenever I heard that I was, you hear it every year and it just makes me mad. And I know, I know just cause we're bringing it up and it, and it probably won't stop, but I mean, it's just, identify your target that's all i can say is identify you don't want to be that guy that killed somebody for the rest of your life whether you get in a lot of trouble or don't really get in trouble at all i mean i i don't know what what comes out of those situations you know because i i get that it's a complete accident so should you go to prison for it i don't know but it was a stupid decision and you need to identify your target and and um I, I just don't understand. Like, I know, I know you're trying to break it down thinking, you know, how could you do that? Must've been, they were able to shoot an either or sex because, you know, obviously it wasn't looking for antlers and, and uh, yeah, I get that a little bit more. And I don't know if Minnesota has much elk over there. I think they have a little bit, right? Is Minnesota the one that it's been a while since we done stuff on elk because they reintroduced elk in a lot of places i can't remember if minnesota was one of them yeah i don't remember but but so that's another thing that i keep thinking too i'm like i'm like you know for for me and you where we have i mean bears uh elk deer moose at times and um, even bovine you know cows calves yeah 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 you know like good point yeah yeah a lot of those you definitely gotta identify your target you shoot one of those they, they they'll come after you probably more than than shooting somebody another hunter <laughs> well so side note the guy i work with you know he was in he was a marine i believe he was telling me he was stationed out in texas and one of his things and He's all, we're in the middle of nowhere and there's not a lot to do. <laughs> but so like, he's like, a lot of times you go out shooting 
And here's the thing I found kind of interesting is it was kind of like, it, it sounded like it was ingrained in them every day about target practicing. And I guess it was kind of a free range area. So the cows could just mosey wherever they wanted. And uh, he said that if you, if you shot a cow, you not only had to pay for that cow, what, what the market is for that cow at the time, mm-hmm. but you also had to pay for like three offspring of it or something like that. So like, even though it didn't have maybe three calves, but it was, it would have produced three calves or three other calves. So you right. had to pay for three other ones too. So you had to pay for total loss and not just uh, yeah. the loss of the cow, but total loss of what, what it could have produced in the future. Right. So, I mean, there's a little segue, but that's just kind of like stuck with me. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much uh, we want to beat up that topic anymore, but um, yeah. To the people that are listening to this and, you know, just, spread the word about it too, you know, talk about it to your fellow hunters, you know, your buddies or whatever about the, about this stuff. Cause I mean, it needs to be ingrained in people's heads, man. I mean, I guess it's really important to me and I mean, I'm not going to back that. I mean, I mean, who would argue me? Right. But um, I'd like to see somebody in the comment section. Well, actually I disagree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, I, you know, it, it is important to me. Like I said, I, I mean, that, that situation that happened over here in Colorado years back, um, you know, my, my son, I take my, I, I really enjoy taking my son out. I want to, you know, I, I can't wait till the day that I, I notice him becoming a better hunter than I. And, and with that said, you know, I just, um, man, yeah, I don't know. Some happened to my, my boy, I'd, it'd be ugly for the other people. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, just, it's, it's just a really serious thing. And, and um, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want those kind of mistakes. I don't want it to happen to me or anybody else I know, or anybody, you know, I right. mean, we're all, we're all hunters. We're all, we're all a community. We all, you know, we might, we might hate it whenever you hunt in our spot, but we, we still all appreciate each other for, for what we do trying to uh, conserve. Well, it's like one of those things too, that, you know, you want to enjoy the woods. You want others to enjoy the woods. You don't want anyone to have a bad, bad experience. You don't want, you don't want a bad experience happen to you. And, you know, we want to enjoy this for as long as possible. So, you know, if everyone, takes that extra you you may lose it might cost you a shot on something you want but god you know it goes into like i'll i'll end with this i'll i'll quit after this but making sure your shot placement is good is 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 great because it it may may cost you the animal of a lifetime but it'll keep you from maybe making a decision of a lifetime you know, actually to add on, I was going to try to move on after that, but you, you brought up a good point about shot placement. That's another thing that was going through my head. I'm like, I feel like that's an immature, even let's say, let's say the guy didn't shoot another guy, but shot at the animal behind the brush and couldn't quite make out what he was or what the animal was, but just knew it was an animal and wanted to shoot. You're telling me that you're willing to take that bad of a shot and and chase it up around the hills and Correct. hope that you find blood because, I mean that that's where I'm like what you didn't I there's no way that you identified your target you saw some brush move and you took a shot hoping for the best but not knowing if you were gonna get the best or the worst obviously the guy got the worst as far you know mm-hmm. and it just it's just very immature man that. I just don't have much, I don't have any tolerance for it. I mean, I'm, I'm getting myself worked up just talking about it again. So well, um, ammo shortage. What's that? Ammo shortage. Ammo shortage. Yeah. Let's get into that. So, um, 
Yeah. So we, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, even before hunt season. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my story. So I had some cheaper ammo that, uh, uh, that I was shooting and getting sighted in with that. And, and uh, just a little bit before hunting season, a couple of days before hunting season, I went and I, I purposely wanted to buy, I bought a Hornady's. I actually was kind of wanting to go after the Nosler, um, the Nosler. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, mostly cause old Randy Newberg, he sold me on Nosler. I was like, oh, well, and, and he did a podcast with the, with the Nosler, uh, family and, or the guy that runs it or whatever. And I was like, oh, these guys are really good people, you know, a small family owned business and, and, um, you know, they're doing their thing. So I, I went in there and I wanted to buy some expensive bullets and uh, I wanted to get Nosler. And, uh, anyways, what I'm trying to get to is, is I went in there, this was in what late, late October, I guess and uh or mid mid october and uh all all the 30 out six were 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 uh sold off the shelf pretty much i mean there was a few boxes and that's what i'll get to is is i um i ended up buying the hornadies and i'm like well you know i kind of want to see what horn you know what the big hype is about hornady anyway so i'll go ahead and get those so no big deal but i mean it was pretty much emptied out of uh you know so so then i noticed that you know we we're kind of getting into an uh ammunition shortage sh- shortage and um so anyways i'm looking up uh why why we're going through the ammunition shortage and uh there's there's really there's kind of a lot of things in 2020 that really caused all this uh the first thing is is with uh covid and the pandemic a lot more people bought ammunition and guns uh because it was a pandemic and that's just what people do whenever there's pandemics is they want to buy a bunch of guns and ammunition so with uh COVID-19 happening you know that really affected the ammunition shortage also um election years uh caused the same thing you know uh every time there's election and nobody knows which way is way it's going to swing um a lot of people buy guns. As a matter of fact, uh, um, I will say something funny about uh, Obama. Uh, he he brought up uh, something about somebody, somebody, an opposer to, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it was somebody that was obviously pro-gun and, um, you know, uh, maybe wasn't quite a fan of Obama or whatever. Asked him the question, you know, are you against guns and blah, blah, blah. And uh, a funny thing that Obama said was, I think this was like a little video that was rolling around on Facebook for the longest time is where I found it. But Obama says, well, I'm not really against guns. As a matter of fact, since I've been president, I've, I'm, I'm responsible for more guns being sold than ever before. <laughs> um, and so I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, not that, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to get into politics or anything, but I just, I actually thought he was pretty funny on whenever he made that statement. I was like, Oh, it's kind of true. Anyways. Um, election years are the cause of a lot of ammunition shortage times too. And, um, so, so like, so we have the pandemic that's causing all these people that want to be buying ammunition and then, and then kind of the, the toxic, what's the word, what's kind of a good way, you know, the, the, the toxic uh, temperatures of, of 2020 with uh, all the political stuff and all the anger riots, everything, all that in a collective, you know, and, and some talks about civil wars and um, you know, I'll be honest, I'm just trying to do this in a way where, cause me and Joe have made a decision to try to stay away from politics as much as possible. So uh you know, I'm not trying to say anything out of, out of turn or really go political on anything, but, but um, keeping it kind of just with the idea or with ammunition shortage is um, with everything going on with the political stuff, 
being an election year alone, but also the the um, toxic uh, temperature of of the times. A lot of extra ammunition has been bought over 2020. And so all this stuff kind of put together is, um, is, is kind of a collective of why you can't get ammunition in the, in the stores. And, uh, and then, and, and right now from, from the article that I was reading uh, about the, the shortage is, uh, you know, these, these, uh, ammo manufacturers uh right now in this time they're they're hiring and 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 pumping out ammunition 24 7 got three crews trying to pump out as much ammunition as possible and as yeah, soon as it a, hits the stores it's getting bought up that's what i was gonna say it's kind of a a weird way of saying an ammo shortage because when you use the word shortage you're starting to think that like there's a product somewhere that isn't getting made that's not allowing for enough manufacturing to be made you know like there's something causing it that's stopping the manufacturing of the ammunition but like you you know what you said you know like on top of that too like you have a lot of people i was reading that have become gun owners since all this too so you have not only the people that have been longtime gun owners but also people that are first-time gun owners i think it it, it's shot up i can't remember the the prezac i don't know i don't know if i read it wrong but i might have read it read it wrong it might have been eight million altogether but i want to say whenever i read that article um it said eight million new gun owners no that's a that's a lot of new gun owners. I don't know if that's hundred percent true. It might've been at altogether 8 million for the year that have sold 8 million guns for the year. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was, I was like, wow, that's a. So, right. So, I mean, you add all that up, it's, and people, you know, like, that's why like everyone's having all the manufacturing of bullets or having people working around the clock, but there's just, like, you know, with all that and on, t- you know, not only with all the political stuff and whatnot, but you throw in new g- gun ownership too. That's above average. Like it gets, it gets uh, hard to keep ammunition on the shelves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. I, I was uh, online looking up, at our at, at a sportsman warehouse over here in Colorado or our local one of our local we have a Cabela's too but one of our local places where I buy I usually go to sportsman's and and uh buy all my stuff there and um anyway I was kind of going through clicking on uh I went from 30-06 seeing if there was any 30-06 and every Everyone that I clicked on, they all said, "Oh, you're sold out in your local store. Sold out in your local store, temporarily sold out." <laughs> and then, uh, so I was like, "Okay, well, that's that's not good." I was like, "Well, I need to re up on 22 shells. I wonder what that looks like." Everything was sold out on that too. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of a, it's definitely well, kind of like you said, it's not really a shortage it's just that the manufacturers can't keep up but uh i got to thinking i'm like man i wish i wish i had a couple machines or something start (laughs) right now they they would love me you know they'd these these ammunition stores would probably love me to bring bringing a few boxes saying hey sell these (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so and like it's, it's it is interesting i mean you know, look, it's how it affects everything in a way too. Like, you know, the hunting experience, not only you're trying to buy the box of bullets that you're looking to buy, but, you know, I've heard stories of people of uh, going out trying, you know, their first time hunting or their first rifle that they were, they bought for themselves going out and trying to, to sight that in. And typically when you try to sight in a gun, you want to keep it with the same, uh, brand and uh, weight bullet 
mm-hmm. for when you go hunting. But like the one story I heard, the person went around to like three or four different um, dealerships, stores, or whatever you want to, Cabela's, Sportsman's, the local gun shop. And they went around to you know, like a handful of different stores trying to find a box of ammunition and they end up with like two or three different brands and caliber or not caliber weight bullet weight of bullet of, of boxes of ammunition because everything was sold out <laughs> so yeah i know i you know uh i was wanting to i was i was like i need to get out and do some target practice and try to stay caught up with that but now i'm like well maybe i just need to wait until so I can get more bullets all the way around because I don't want to shoot everything up just in case. Right. Just in case I never get bullet or just in case this bleeds into 2019 or 2021. I'm going right. backwards. But no, it, it's crazy. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just in some crazy times and hopefully, hopefully uh, things settle down. But well, I'll be honest. Uh, I don't know if I want to say. I, I wanted. I kind of. I was kind of wanting to kind of get a couple of extra boxes because uh, I don't know if ta- you know be taxed. I'm trying to be very uh, diplomatic here, but um, yeah, I just I don't know if we're gonna get taxed higher for buying bullets or. So I was like, I better better look into buying some bullets and yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the future holds for that yeah might Hopefully. have to really get back get into the idea of of just doing might actually end up being a lot cheaper i i know it is cheaper but <coughs> might be might be well worth it doing uh your own reloads true true well, we're uh, an hour and two minutes into this. Um, wow. I guess we'll, I was thinking maybe we'll wrap it up. Do you have anything else you wanted to close with as far as the ammunition? Well, um, you know, this is going to come out after Christmas, but uh, this is this is Christmas week that we're doing this podcast. So, uh, you know, Merry Christmas to and and Happy Holidays to everybody out there, and to you too, Joe. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a fun year. Uh, let's see. I think we'll do one more podcast for season one. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but uh, the way I figure is we'll do like our seasons. We'll just kind of go with the year. So every time the new calendar year rolls around, we'll we'll uh, put up a new season so one more episode and then we're on to season two it's hard to believe we've done that many episodes but um but yeah that's all i got man it's just uh do you have any uh anything you're doing for christmas are you gonna uh nothing big i think we're gonna do maybe a family dinner and then we're just hanging out at home we'll probably do a go for a drive Mm. That'd be fun. Yeah, do a little little trip. Nothing, you know, a little day trip or something, a little day day drive. Yeah, I think uh I think there's a lot of lot of food uh gonna be cooked up over the weekend for us. We've got a lot of family stuff and uh That's fun. That's good. The old the old brother in law, he's not gonna make it to Christmas or him and the family aren't gonna make it got a covid so so they're all gonna be quarantined inside or back at home and so i don't know it's kind of kind of changed a few things but for the most part we're gonna bounce around and do different things on different days so we're kind of busy but uh but yeah i think we're we're trying to be more careful uh with the older grandparents and things like that so yeah it's been, it'll be a little tricky but i think it opened everybody's eyes about covid after the brother-in-law got it so 
Gotcha. So yeah, but it'll be fun. But yeah, I'm excited. So um, yeah, well, just same extend the same to you. You know, hope, hope you know, Merry Christmas to you and your little family and everyone listening. Merry. Hopefully, you had a had a wonderful Christmas. If anything, hopefully you got had your belly full or maybe had one or two good laughs or whatever it is. You know, celebrate the little things this year. I think too, but. Yes. With that being said, thanks for listening. We enjoy you guys. Look forward to our next episode. And thanks. We'll see you in the next one, guys.